0: Welcome to the Academy of Being with Tara McCollum. Get ready for an unorthodox invitation to being you and experiencing a life that defies logic and expands miracles. Have you ever thought to yourself, what else is possible in this life? Have you ever wondered if you were missing something or could become so much more? If you said yes, Then join me, as I take you to places you have only dared to dream about. I will break you open and expose the brilliant core of your being, empowering you to be and have a life beyond this reality.
1: Hi everyone, this is Tara from the Academy of Being and today is show number one. I'm nervous, I'm excited, I'm so glad you showed up to here. I have been prompted by Spirit for a long time to do this and finally I said yes. So today I would like to talk about the journey that it took to get here and I'm hoping in sharing my journey you can possibly relate to some of it. So this is really a two-way conversation. Every single podcast that I do, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself some questions because it really isn't all about me. And I'm really not about you learning something new unless it's something that you've buried deep inside that you're unearthing. Because what I truly believe is that we are here to blossom and that each experience that we have, whether we deem it positive or negative, is here to help us to grow, to blossom, and to invite us into even more of ourselves and even more receiving. I'm not much of one for learning through lessons. To me, a lesson is like a smackdown, it's like a teacher coming and wrapping a ruler on your knuckles and saying, I taught you this already, why didn't you get it the first time? Now I'm gonna bring it with pain. Here's my interesting point of view and you can choose which one you desire. My interesting point of view is that the universe does, it does whisper to us. It does send things in in a delectable, delightful way. And many of us choose pain in order to actually receive because for some reason somewhere out there we've been taught that we need to earn it we need to deserve it instead of just allowing ourselves to have the birthright of choice the choice to receive whatever's for us and whatever will catapult us into deeper understanding deeper honoring of ourselves as well as for others So to me, everything that shows up for me is either right side up the way that I expected or upside down the way I didn't expect it. Yet it's housed within it a gift that will open up my life even more if I don't resist it. And sometimes I choose pain. I'm just going to be honest with you right here and right now. For a lot of the years of my life, I chose pain. And then I realized I could choose something else. But before we go into all of that, I want to move backwards, back, back, back into my life and the journey that brought me to where I am today. We're going to hop around on the journey. It won't be quite linear because none of our lives are really exactly that. The way that the universe works is it comes in and comes out at different stages and big invitations happen at different times. So... I was a very sensitive child. I actually know that I was quite quiet at times. When I was really young, I was pretty bubbly. And a lot of things changed throughout my life. But I will say this. I observed more than I led for the majority. I tried to fit in. and. It might have been conscious at times, but mostly it was unconscious. I was constantly trying to fix myself in order to, what I know now, is to control people's reactions to me so that they would be pleasant or they would be non-existent. Many reactions, I was willing for them to go to non-existent if they weren't pleasant. I would study other people in order to find out how you're supposed to be as a girl, as a woman, as a human, as a daughter, even later on as a mother. But in studying others, there was something that kept coming up in my body. For so long, I would be willing and able to totally fit in, to follow all the rules and to allow myself, it's not allowed, to shapeshift myself into whatever was, was needed, right? I considered myself this amazing chameleon or shapeshifter. Whatever you needed, I was able to become it. If you needed me to smile, I was able to do that, whether I was crying inside, dying inside, or anything else. I became amazing at shapeshifting, pleasing, and being whatever you needed. However, There's different times in my life where there was like this gremlin inside of me that would not be tamed and it would all of a sudden show itself and it didn't show itself as an anger like, you know, you see outbursts or something like that, but it came up and it was a voice and it was a force and it was an emotion that said, I will not, I cannot and this must change. I would say one of the first times that that came up was when I was about 15 years old and I could no longer live in the house with my stepmom and my dad. And I sought help to leave and I did. I actually got emancipated and I hopped around to different houses. So I first went and lived with my grandmother on my stepmom's side, and then my aunt, and then my dad's mom, my grandmother on that side. Just hopping around, trying to find a home, trying to find a space that was safe, emotionally, physically, and mentally. Now, as right now I'm a 47-year-old woman, Looking back at a 15 year old girl, I think that was really powerful. It was a really strong and powerful stance to take, to seek help, and then to be willing to move schools multiple times, to find new friends. But I felt anything but courageous. I felt anything but strong. I felt anything but bold. I felt like a victim. I felt weak, I felt unloved, I felt invisible, uncared for, and the bad one who needed to leave my house. I felt like I was the one who created the problems I was enduring. So that was one of the first times, and mentally I knew different. Have you ever felt that way? Like mentally, you're like, my mind knows different, but somehow there's a different uh, audio that's playing inside my body because everything else is saying, you're so wrong. So inside my head, I knew that I wasn't wrong, and yet I felt it. It was the current that was taking me under. I felt unloved. Another time that that happened was... In a group that I had immersed myself into. So I was part of Campus Crusade for Christ. And it's a really beautiful organization. Please know that my experience is not what other people's experiences are. And so when I go into this, I just want to say this showed up for me. Okay, the universe used the words of others in order to direct me on the path that I really needed to be on. But here we go. I was in Campus Crusade for Christ, and I was actually applying for a position after college in order to be part of uh, the staff, right? And so they were interviewing me, and What you have to know is at the time I was soft-spoken, I was the greatest people pleaser and most people didn't even need to say their needs. Uh, I wonder if you're like this too. I could just feel them and be them. I stayed within the lines and I didn't deviate. So going into this interview, there were a few questions that were asked and I apparently failed them. And so when they came back and said that I wasn't part of the staff and that they wouldn't be taking me on, they shared the reasons why. And so here's a couple of the questions that were asked. It was, if your leader told you to do something that you felt was against what you thought God would want you to do, would you still do it? And I said, absolutely not. If inside, I knew it was against my spirit and against what I believed at the time, right, that God would want me to do, then I would not do what my leader told me. And what they said to me is that I was too bold. I was too independent and that I needed to take instruction and that I wasn't right for their organization. No. <laughs> I don't know about you, but somebody who's a people pleaser who stays inside the lines, I was absolutely shocked. And yet, everything inside me again, there was this energy, this force inside me that said, There is no way I am joining anything where I have to give up my direct connection to spirit. To my direct connection to knowing. And the wildest thing is, for most of my life, I had given that up. I had given everyone else the authority to know more than I did. No matter what position they were in, they were in a position to tell me what God wanted. What spirit wanted. What I wanted. And all of a sudden... Inside of me was this voice, this force that said, no, that's absolutely what I mean. What I said in that interview is absolutely correct. I would not do what a leader told me to do if I felt it was against myself or against the spirit that I'm connected to. And so the direction that I thought I was going in got completely changed. And I had to surrender to that. So here's two examples of this girl who just wanted to be embraced, just wanted to be a part of a group who wanted to follow all the rules, but came to a point where something else was more important and that something else brought about courage and boldness and a voice that most of my life I've tried to silence. So two beautiful invitations. You would think that I would surrender at this point, have a voice, move out into the world, and own myself. Well, that was when I was 22, and I did everything I could for another 17 years, and I do mean 17, in order to put other people as my authority to continue to try to fit in and to please. Now, I did not know about my abilities at this point. I used many of them. So as an empath, I don't know if you're one. There are many different capacities to an empath, but one of them is that you feel and sense other people's needs before they even articulate them, and that you're able to, if you desire to, to fulfill them. And so it's almost as if you're magic, right? (laughs) Like it's like you're reading people's thoughts and desires before they even know them themselves half the time. And I got crazy proficient at this. So proficient that I had no idea who I was. I emptied myself out in order to show up in whatever way I could sense from others that they needed me to do. So miracles continue to show up in my life. You'll hear about those on some different episodes. But for right now, we're just going to go to a next huge step (laughs) that I made. This man showed up into my life and um, I moved to England. I moved to England. Yes, I was hmm, about 24 years old. At the time, I didn't realize that I was running away from everything I knew. I was running away from the box that I felt like I was in in Christianity, all the rules. Um, I remember thinking to myself, I just want somebody I can be around that I can swear and not feel so wrong. There's not many other of the rules that I really wanted to break, but that was definitely one. I wanted the chance to be myself. Without filtering whether I was right or wrong all the time. And it didn't need somebody else to point it out. I knew that Bible inside and out, and so I was a walking, breathing judgment on self. And I was doing everything I possibly could to stay within the lines to earn my way into heaven. And then I met this man, and I moved to England. And eventually we got married. It's a bold step, right? To leave the country that you're in. Bold, naive, I'm not sure of the words. And yet, it was a choice that I needed to make in order to carve out a new future for myself. But again, I didn't realize the power in that choice. I felt like I was this meek and meager person. I was. Running towards love, but even more than running towards love, I was running away from painful relationships with my family, painful relationships with my religion, painful relationships with my friends, and a painful relationship with myself. Hoping that this one person was going to fill all that in and make me feel so much better. And in moments, he did. But the reality is, that is way too big of a task for any of us to take on. You know, you think of, what is it, the movie, Jerry Maguire, and she says to him, oh, you complete me. It's a huge, huge burden to put on anyone to complete you. It's a huge burden to put on ourselves to complete ourselves. And yet... We are completed by allowing in the existence of everything else. The, the amazing parts of us, the amazing parts of others, the amazing parts of nature, as well as the parts that seem like they're upside down, the parts that look tragic, sad, unknowing, ugly, gross, icky. We are whole by being connected to all. It is not one person's job. It's not even only our job. It is our job to get connected to everything so that we can feel the fullness of our connection and know that we are everything only if we stay connected. So I say all that to say I moved there. It had its own ups and downs. I felt like I was moving backwards in life. I'd gone from college to getting a degree. I bypassed the fact that I taught. That is an episode in itself. I was an art teacher without a degree in teaching, but with a degree in art. There was a miracle in that itself and the way that spirit moved for me. But when I moved to England, that wasn't possible. And so I started a career in retail. Really, I started a career in sociology which was my minor, I was able to study people, study myself, and move myself up into having a voice. Isn't it funny? Retail. And as I moved myself up into having a voice and being seen, I was promoted more and more. And then um, different things happened and we moved to the United States, but you don't need to know the, the dot by dot of my uh, timeline. Really what I wanted to get to is that I was a highly sensitive person who was also, also empathic. So I felt vulnerable almost everywhere I went. I felt vulnerable and yet so crazy aware and my awarenesses made me feel wrong So the awarenesses didn't. I felt wrong in having those awarenesses. And I'm going to explain some of those to you. So when I was about eight or nine, my grandfather died. And he was this soft soul, strong, a strong man, but soft and quiet. And he died. And a couple things happened. One, I knew he died before anyone told me. It was during this really horrible storm and massive thunder, and I heard him speak to me. I never told anyone this. I've never told anyone this, actually. (laughs) I'm just realizing that that was the first time I heard somebody who had passed on speak to me. It scared me, and yet it also made me feel so connected. And then when I went to his wake, I remember being... Shamed because I could not stop crying the whole time. And being shamed because it was like, could you stop crying? You're trying to get attention, which is something I never wanted to do. I wasn't the type of kid who needed to be in the limelight or get attention even to get, um, what's the word, embrace or uh, consolation. I wasn't looking for that. I now know what was happening is while I was in that place, even when I was feeling totally at peace and connected, I was processing everyone else's emotions. All of those who weren't allowing themselves to cry, I was crying for them. And so I couldn't stop crying. And the crying was intense. It wasn't a light cry. It wasn't like tears were streaming. It was like I was sobbing for hours on end. But I didn't have the words for that because I didn't know that that's what I was doing. And even when I was shamed and said, like, you know, you could stop crying loud, like you're taking it a little bit too far, don't you think? I couldn't stop myself. And so I also, inside me, then made myself wrong and made myself wrong for sharing and showing emotions. I wonder... Have you ever had any of those experiences yourself where you've been somewhere where it might even look like other people aren't experiencing emotions at all, that they're totally fine, but your own emotions have intensified past the point where you feel like you have any relevance to be feeling that. It's because you're experiencing those emotions for them. So that happened. And then there were other times when I would go into crowds or any place new and I felt uncomfortable. It was like the noise and the emotions were just beating in on me or suffocating me. So these things happened, right? Another thing that happened, and I remember this. (laughs) It's kind of funny. So I remember I was probably about 14 yeah it had to be about 14 and I was at a friend's house and I was standing there and at the time my favorite musical artist was Belinda Carlisle I wanted to be her I wanted to sound like her I had never told anybody that and I'm gonna tell you right now I don't look like her and I definitely don't sound like her because I can't sing a lick so I'm standing there and this guy is in front of me and he goes, you know who you look like, Belinda Carlyle." And I wanted to run so fast because as he said, do you know who you look like? In my head, I thought Belinda Carlyle, And I thought that he read my thoughts because I knew I didn't look anything like her. And so I was thinking, like, how in the world? And I felt embarrassed, almost like I was being made fun of, like, who are you to think that you would look like Belinda Carlyle? That's not even possible. And yet it was just this innocent place. I now know about thought transference, that we have the ability, whether we know it or not, to read what's going on inside someone. So not just as an empath to know what they're Somebody's feeling, but to actually read their thoughts and think that their thoughts are our own. So, thought transference a lot of times is us throwing our thoughts at someone else and them having the ability to receive, but we also can have the ability to read somebody else's thoughts, have psychic abilities, and take their thoughts that possibly are just residing in them or maybe even being thrown at us and then to interpret those. It can get a little bit um, confusing at times when this is happening. So I began to shut myself down emotionally. I began to do everything I could to shut down my brain because I didn't want people, right? I don't know if you've ever experienced this. You don't want people to be reading your thoughts. You don't want people to be reading your emotions. Yeah, I want to say that again, for all of you who are empaths, There are a lot of people out there that they feel incredibly vulnerable if you are reading their thoughts and emotions because they've lived their lives trying to hide that space that they've called wrong and then all of a sudden you show up and you're reading them. So be very careful (laughs) that you ask permission or that they seek you out before you say what you're thinking or feeling. And that you you're picking up from them because you could be exposing parts of them that they're not ready to have exposed. So these different things happened, and I did my best to turn it off um, without even realizing. Like I just wanted to be safe, right? I wanted to protect myself. I wanted to be safe, and so on. So I'm going to fast forward all the way to the year when I was 38 years old, right? 38 years old. And I already have two kids in my house. And my first child, when he was born, I nearly died. Another story unto itself. I'm going to have lots of podcasts for you guys to catch up on things. But there's so many things that happen when the body is wanting to exit this plane. There's a lot of invitations there. So I received invitations then. My second son was born when I was 36. And here I am, 38. And I am learning for the first time that the things that I made wrong all of my life are actually gifts and capacities that I was maybe using for others at times, but I was always using against myself. So the gift of being highly sensitive, the gift of being empathic, the gift of reading minds, The gift of talking to souls that have passed over. And then there's a lot of other gifts. And you might have some of these too. And these words may not mean a thing to you. And I've actually fought the labels for a really long time because I don't love labels at all. Inside the labels though are expressions of how somebody exists in this world. So I'm going to go to empath for a little while. An empath is generally somebody who picks up on what other people are feeling. But there's an interesting filter that happens with a lot of empaths because they also call themselves givers or helpers, that they pick up the problems in order to show up as the giver or the helper. And most empaths I know wonder why they don't pick up the joy, the laughter, right or they don't pick it up anymore because they've begun to consciously and unconsciously define themselves as the giver and the helper and the giver and the helper needs people who are struggling who have problems and who need help so those other people don't need that so much and so they pass them by they're like Oop, not mine not mine not mine oh you you're not feeling good today i felt that And now I get to show up in my strength. But we also have strengths to amplify the joy in the world, to amplify and to um, kindness in the world, to amplify passion and pleasure. But most people aren't taught how to use their empath abilities for that as well as uh, compassion and kindness and empowerment so when I began to learn about my abilities I realized how many times I had taken them and used them against me and I began to to go to different schools in order to learn differently so not schools like in a university I had already gotten my bachelor's of science degree in arts fine arts And now I was going to different schools in order to learn how to use my energetic, emotional, and miraculous capacities for me as well as for the world. So I started off in the law of attraction and light body work. And I took a very long course working with other people. And then I went into the school of metaphysics and learned about how thoughts become things and how our Thinking can create in this reality and then I realized there's something else even more powerful and so I began to go into the school of the universe and that means getting really silent and asking what I know inside and what the universe wanted to teach me myself. Interesting that right? Sometimes we're always going to the next person, the next person, and the next course when there's specific things that are getting down could be downloaded directly to us that could allow us to level up and to bring others to a greater level of wholeness as well. So I went there. And then I also went to access consciousness. So a place where you are combining thought, energy, and consciousness in order to choose into creation. And also, along the way, I went to the School of Hard Knocks. I really did. And I fought against it until I realized that every single thing is an invitation. Every single experience is an invitation to greater blossoming and greater receiving. So that's where the Academy of Being and the Academy of the Intuitive Body Process began was my invitation to the world to know that if you amplify who you are and who, what your gifts are, that the lies and the limitations and the blocks either fall out of the way or they transform into support in order to create an experience that is good for all concerned. So thank you for joining me today. We're going to go into way more as we go through these different episodes. Some of the things that I mentioned today, we're going to go deeper into. I love to talk about miracles and questions and ways to use certain tools to absolutely turn up your receiving as well as your giving. Giving and receiving is like breathing. One cannot exist without the other and if it does then the body begins to atrophy how is your life showing up letting you know that you're possibly atrophying is that even a word (laughs) Um, in different areas that if you allowed yourself to give more you would see the greatness in you Or if you allowed yourself to receive more, you would see the greatness in others more. And we truly need to be connected into the fullness of both sides of that breath. Thank you again. And I can't wait to hear your comments, to receive your questions. You get to guide me on what you want to hear more about. You can even share with me what's going on in your own life and ask questions around that or share your own experiences. This is really a conversation and a connection, and I'm so honored that you've shown up today. Thanks. Bye-bye.
0: Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Academy of Being with Tara McCollum. You can be a part of creating the shows by sending in questions or comments, as well as sharing what is happening in your life as you apply these principles and tools. Don't hesitate to reach out.